It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Here's Daniel Mullen sitting down with one of today's top music makers on Real Roots Radio. Welcome back to Real Roots Radio. It's my honor and pleasure to welcome two distinguished guests to the program today, Audie Blaylock and Reed Jones, and we have a song premiere on the Midday Music Spectacular today. How are you fellas doing today? Good, Daniel. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, For folks that don't know, Reed Jones, you're a Miami Valley boy, aren't you? That's right. You got it. I live up in West Liberty, of all places. And you're a a school teacher at South Vienna Middle School in the Springfield area, right? That's right. I've been doing that. I actually went to school there myself, grew up in Clark County um, with, you know, family roots in the Fairborn area, uh, which kind of connects to the song. This uh, connects to the song, but yeah, that's uh, I'm born and raised my whole life here in Ohio. Uh, the descendant of you know Appalach- Appalachian immigrants, and it is the that kind of backstory that inspired you uh, to write uh, this new song we're going to premiere. Why don't you tell us about how your family history inspired you to write different than today? Sure, um, it's a. Uh, it's a deeply personal song that's intended not necessarily to literally recreate my grandparents' story, uh, but rather to honor their story and the story of all those uh, other people who moved north from eastern Kentucky and found a home in the Miami Valley. Uh, so my, my grandparents uh, were from Morgan County, Kentucky, originally, a little town called Maytown. Um, and in 1960, um, like so many others did, they made the trek north and, and made a home in Fairborn, Ohio, and have been living there ever since. I'm still blessed to have both of them with me today, and it was just such a, an important part of my childhood growing up. Um, my father was the oldest in that family, the oldest son, and so he had a very deep and strong connection and experienced the going down every weekend um, that so many people did to visit family. and that was kind of passed on to me. You know, we went down um, many, many times throughout the year, made the trek from at that time, South Vienna, Ohio, down to Maytown, Kentucky. And I was just such a, I was, I've always been so intrigued by how my grandparents' story went and that they were able to continue to maintain their identity as Kentuckians. um, And they're able to do that in this new place. And that always fascinated me. And and the, the idea that maybe, you're not tied to, to one particular thing. You know, you can still be a Kentuckian living in Fairborn. And, and that helped me understand the, the claim that Appalachian culture had on my life, specifically through bluegrass music. And, and that's a story that rings so true for so many in our area in particular. Heck, that's how my grandpa, Paul Moon Mullins, found such a loyal listening audience, whereas all these Appalachian migrants that felt displaced in the Miami Valley and able to find a community uh, of like-minded folks, folks that left the the mountains and the hills and the hollers to find these great factory jobs in southwestern Ohio uh, following World War II, and to be able to maintain um, that sense of Appalachian pride and their heritage in a new and a strange place and find community with one another it was so uh, inspiring and so vital to his broadcasting career for so many years. 
that Appalachian migration uh, didn't just impact southwestern Ohio in places like Cincinnati and Dayton and Middletown and Fairborn. It also reached Michigan, didn't it, Mr. Blaylock? It absolutely did reach Michigan as well. I always say, you know, uh, they split off and and off I-75 and continued on to Michigan, and uh, a lot of folks stayed there in Ohio. But my my family is from Lee County, Virginia, which is you know uh, southwest down by Cumberland Gap, and and the story is pretty much the same. And you're right, the the comfort that the community felt by finding like-minded people was a very important aspect of of the survival because I, I mean they were if you think about it in the 50s and 60s a lot of the folks that lived in the north resented people coming up here and taking all their jobs mm-hmm. absolutely so that you know, so you had you know there was uh, sometimes there there may be a riff or uh I know I experienced it because I, I was born in in '62, so uh, I'm old. But we moved up here in '65, so I, you know, I felt some of that even in like elementary school. You know, you would get you would get kids that would that would actually say stuff like because their only exposure to Southern people were like the Beverly Hillbillies or whatever, uh, whatever TV show that was, that was popular. And they would say things like, man, you guys really eat that kind of stuff. And which I've always found that funny, but because I think the Beverly Hillbillies are funny, but you know, they were, they were, they were taking it at face value. So I, um, yeah, it's it's really really it it's a it's a funny thing, but if you don't if you haven't been exposed to other cultures, then you really don't you you don't know, and that's basically all it was. It was a uh, a misconception of, of what these people were were actually like. And, and while uh, you know your family moving to Michigan and Reed's family moving to Fairborn had uh, similar beginnings their uh, perceptions and attitudes uh, towards staying in the North kind of had a different results, right? Reed's family decided to just stay in Fairborn even after they retired, and, and your family had a little bit of a, a different attitudes, right? Well, my dad in particular, uh, I mean, he moved up there because, as everyone knows the story, you either farmed or you worked in the coal mine, so... Uh, that's not a very lucrative occupation, either one, as, especially at that time. So he always, you know, he did not like, didn't like the cold and he didn't like, you know, Michigan and, and all that, all that kind of stuff. So he always said that, you know, eventually when he retired that he would move back, which he actually did. Now, none of the, none of the extended family did that. No, my mom and dad were the only ones that moved back down to where my grandparents actually actually lived. So, yeah. And speaking from my perspective, um, my grandparents still live uh, in Fairborn. And I would say I was extremely blessed um, this last summer to, to play this song for them. 
in person and just kind of explain kind of where I was coming from because, you know, it was, it's a, that was a very nerve wracking moment for me was to share my grandparents' story with them. (laughs) You know, like it was, Mm -hmm. I had to say that this is my perception of your story um, and what I take from it, not necessarily a literal literal retelling. And so I had a wonderful time with my grandparents. Again, I always love when they recount stories and Daniel, if you don't mind, you talked about your, your grandfather, um, I have to, I have to say real quickly, this is just one of my, I have to wonder about in history because I know your grandfather had a transformative experience seeing Flatt and Scruggs in Frenchburg, Kentucky. That's right. Um, in, in the 1950s and my grandparents, <laughs> my, mama, <laughs> my mama specifically tells the story of, of her mother taking her to, and her father taking her to Frenchburg, Kentucky to see Flatt and Scruggs. <laughs> and then I, so I have to wonder, was that the same show? Um, it's just, you got to wonder, you know, you it's lost wonder. the history, I'm sure, but you know. <laughs> I know that story. There's a funny element to it. That's, oh, that's, that's it's awesome. A, it's a fabulous story. But as they were kind of recounting some of those things, and um, I was a little nervous sharing it with them. And I asked, my mama and papa, I said, have when when your family grew up and you um, you know you didn't have kids in the house anymore, did you ever consider moving back to Kentucky? And my mama said no, um, and I found that very interesting um, because that's such a huge part of of a person's identity where they come from. Mm-hmm. But I also, as I think about it, like. By that time, by the time that they would have had uh, all their kids out of the house, it had been late 80s, early 90s, you know, and that's about the time I, as a as a kid, you know, I'm I'm 37 now, and so you know, I would have been a, a kid. I know I heard that already. Um, <laughs> I, I'd have been a kid in the late 80s, early 90s when I was we were going down most frequently, and you know, I would venture to say that Kentucky at that time was not the same as Kentucky was in 1960 when my grandparents left. And so time continued to march on. And so going back to to live there would almost be, it it wouldn't be going back and living in the same place they left. Yeah. If that makes any sense. And so that's one of the main thing themes of the song is tomorrow will be different than today. And a person's ability to accept the situation that they're in and make the best out of it, which that's the most inspirational element to my uh, grandparents' story is, you know, they, they found a community of people primarily at church that were all Kentucky transplants as well. And that's the church that I was raised in. And, you know, that helped them, I think, maintain some sense of connection. They would always go back and they did stuff with, you know, what would be my great grandparents, you know, for years and years and years. Uh, but, you know, I think that that ability to have to be able to have enough perspective to say, if I went back, it wouldn't be the same as when I left. It's like that that Kentucky doesn't exist yeah. in the same way anymore. I, I found that inspirational. And that was kind of where I was coming from in writing different than today. I, and it, what's amazing is, you know, between my uh, my both sets of my grandparents and so many of my great aunts and uncles, uh, many of them are uh, both like uh, your grandparents and Audie, your parents, because while both sets of my grandparents never moved back to Kentucky and Tennessee, um, 
I have several great aunts and uncles that worked the factory jobs up here, and as soon as they had the opportunity, they moved right back to Kentucky or Tennessee uh, as soon as mm. the first opportunity came about. So I can relate to both of those uh, stories on uh, how it wound up after they got those jobs and moved up north. But um, yeah, you're, you're right, Reed. The, the way that the Appalachian people were so resilient in mm-hmm. settling in these new places where they kind of felt like, you know, aliens in their own country and able to establish a roots and an identity and find community in these uh, strange places that were so different from where they left. You know, it, it reminds me of, um, it's, it's always impressed me about that culture. Um, both sets of my grandparents, my dad's parents moved up here from Kentucky. My mom's parents uh, or from Tennessee, and then I go to church with so many that did the same thing after uh, World War II in the in the 60s in particular, moving up here to, to find work in uh, Springfield and Cincinnati and Dayton mm-hmm. and uh, establish, you know, these communities that you mentioned, the church. That's that's what, how our church came about, was folks from Kentucky and Tennessee that needed to, to find a community and a place to worship, and so they started a little... Hillbilly Church in Springfield, Ohio, and 50 years later, still going strong. But um, the song is called Different Than Today, and there's so many great lines in the song that will really uh, echo to folks who either moved up here from Appalachia or whose parents or grandparents moved up here from uh, the South. Uh, Why don't each of you share a few of your uh, favorite lines that really speak to you and your family's experience? Otto, you go first. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, the the line, that sweet smell falling softly from the air is anyone that, especially your your audience that has been around tobacco barns and 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 the like, knows what that smell is like, and and it's very fragrant, and it's a it's a very sweet and. Uh, I find it, I, I like it. Uh, you know, some people may not, may not care for it, but I think it's a wonderful smell and it brings back so many memories of tobacco hanging in the barn. And it didn't matter, you know, especially after a hot day and it started to cool down, you could really, you could really smell it in the evening. And I think to expand earlier, uh, what you were just talking about, uh, previously was the resilience of of the folks where you know kentucky ain't that far when it made you who you are mm-hmm. and basically that line is like it, it's still you yeah. it doesn't matter where you're at you're still you yeah. and you're never going to lose that that history and that um uh, the, the the things that are have been ingrained in you so that that was one thing that i never could understand about my my parents is like you said it's not the same it's not the same when you go back you can the the coin the phrase that was coined you know you can never go back is so true well because it doesn't exist you're you're, you're (laughs) so right and i don't think it's a coincidence that in my grandpa's 45 years of broadcasting his most requested song was the stanley brothers rank strangers because it speaks no. so uh, strongly to the experience of people that moved up here from Kentucky and Tennessee to find those jobs that when you go back and mommy and daddy aren't there anymore, it's not the same. 
And yes. Yeah. That it's, it, it, you, you, you can't always go back to the good old days and sometimes they weren't as good as you remember, even if you could. So. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that song Daniels, cause that's one that we'll occasionally do on our live show kind of at my request, just because of that song in particular has such deep meaning for me for the same reasons you're talking about. And also that was the first song that I ever was taught how to play on the mandolin by wow. my cousin, Randy, you know? So I remember sitting at my great aunt and uncle's uh, little general store in Maytown, Kentucky, Maloney's grocery that sold basic groceries and, and basically horse tack. And, you know, we'd go over there on Saturday mornings, you know, we'd get there late on Friday night and I'll, I'll use this to kind of segue into my, one of my favorite lines in the song. Um, you know, I get up on Saturday morning and as soon as the store opened, I went down there to get my L8 because you couldn't get an L8 up here at <laughs> That's that That's right. Time. You couldn't. <laughs> you know? And so I'd go. We'd sit in there. There'd be all the old men sitting around, you know, having their cup of coffee and telling lies like everybody does. You know, and that was kind of the community gathering place at that time. And I'd be drinking my L8 or whatever. And I just I always waited for my cousin Randy to come because he was the picker and the singer. And, you know, I grew up listening to him sing everything from keith whitley and travis tritt all the way to larry sparks and the stanley brothers and you know um any of that stuff and so i remember when i first got a mandolin at the age of i think 16 and i took it down there uh the first song that randy taught me was the kickoff to rank stranger and you know that song just holds such a dear place in my heart because i mean if there's anything that speaks to everything we're talking about it's that that song i mean it, to me that is that is Appalachian soul music if it ever existed. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that that kind of <clears throat> that that one gets me that that song in particular gets me um, in a way that so many others don't. And so the line I, I'm going to do what Audie did, which is cheat, you cheater, Audie. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to give two two lines like Audie did. Um, so one was one line is these two days come just like the five that went. Oh. And I, I can just remember, you know, you spend all week going to school and then as soon as you get home, you load up and you go down and you get there Friday night. And I remember my mama Maloney playing as day standing on that front porch as we pulled in. She worried. She loved her family so fiercely. And she was a worrier from way back. And she'd be, she'd be <laughs> standing at the door waiting for you to show up. And the second that car pulled in the driveway, she would be standing on the front porch and she would greet every single one of you with a hug. And I will never, it almost brings tears to my eyes, even just talking about it. Just feeling like the, the feeling of her giving you a kiss with her toothless mouth, kissing your cheek or whatever and saying, Oh honey, your mama loves you. And just being like, Oh man, like I'm, you feel like I'm at home, yeah. you know? And then you got this, these two days Friday, you know, you got, Friday night or whatever, Saturday, and then Sunday, and you got to go back. You know, you go back to work. And that idea of, you know, that living kind of in both places, you know, and I think nourishing that relationship or nurturing it um, as a a transplant living in Ohio is kind of another way that they maintained, you know, that that kind of deep connection uh, to home. Yeah. You know, just going back every weekend and experiencing that. I think that one always, uh, that line always sticks with me. And that's why, and that kind of leads into, there's a line that says, there's no use in hanging on to things that never can get gone. Um, and this idea that like, 
you don't have to to hold on so tightly to the as tightly as you think you do because you've nurtured this relationship you've nurtured this identity your entire life you couldn't get rid of that if you tried yeah you know it just makes you who you are and that idea touches on what Audie said you know that Kentucky ain't that far when it made you who you are like that just part of the song is about accepting and embracing change but it's also about this idea of what makes us who we are and our connections to that and to home and i just think there's some pretty powerful chemistry amongst those things and that's kind of what i was getting at and and pinning some of those lines it's a powerful song and i know that our listeners will uh, appreciate it uh uh, so uh, deeply because it speaks to exactly the experience of so many in our communities here in southwestern Ohio and uh, so many communities of Appalachian migrants uh, around the Midwest. Different Than Today, written by Reed Jones, available now on 615 Hideaway Records from Audie Blaylock and Redline. Where can folks go uh, to keep up to date with your all's tour schedule and any other new music releases that might be coming down the pike? Uh, you can go to audieblaylock.net, and you can also find us on Facebook as well. Uh, we have a uh, Audie Blaylock and Redline Facebook page, and uh, we actually have a Twitter account. So you can you can catch us catch us pretty much anywhere. Which leads me to 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 the I don't I don't they don't let me go to Ohio very much because I always get caught. <laughs> there's these little these these little silver cars that run around with lights on top of them that <clears throat> i seem to i seem to be able to find one <clears throat> most most any time i go over there so i can testify to the truth of that statement <laughs> yes it's because they know you grew up in michigan that's what it is yes, uh, exactly uh, it's the michigan ohio thing all over again <laughs> AudieBlaylock.net. Uh, find them on Facebook and Twitter as well to keep up with all things that the band Redline is doing these days. Uh, and folks can, of course, find this song on, uh, I'm sure, Spotify and Apple Music, Pandora, and all that good stuff too, right? Yes, Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Real Roots Radio today and for letting us uh, have the opportunity to premiere this song uh, to our audience. It's uh, It's a real treat for me. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. Daniel. We appreciate that uh, that you're that you want to do this and uh, and to take the time to do the interviews and and present it to your audience because we really appreciate that. Pick your day up with music that is sweet. A slender, high-spirited person needs a sugar pick-me-up. The Daniel Mullins Midday Music Spectacular yes. weekdays ten yes. to noon on Real Roots Radio.